This morning we're going to continue our Christmas series titled, Behold, a Savior is Born. This Advent we're focusing on Jesus from the manger to the cross. We'll be talking about the anticipation of the birth of Jesus and the fulfillment of Scripture, not only about his birth, but also about his life, his death, and his resurrection. All month long, we're talking and focusing on all the reasons we celebrate, not just on December 25th, not just on Christmas Day, but all the reasons we celebrate all year long. Jesus' birth and sacrifice on a cross, church, has the greatest gift that has ever been given. Traditionally, the four weeks preceding Christmas in the Christian church is known as the season of Advent. Advent is a time of waiting, expecting, and anticipating the arrival of Jesus Christ. Christmas is the fulfillment of hundreds of years of prophetic predictions about the coming of the Messiah who would change the world forever. Now last week we dove into some hopeful prophecies from the prophet Isaiah. It was a good week last week. See, God's people waited for a Savior who would come to rescue and restore a broken creation. They held on to hope that God would stay true to his promise. With joy, many anticipated Christ's arrival. This morning, we explore how this anticipation, it perils with the anticipation of the prophecies that were being fulfilled and how it was cause for celebration. This morning, we dive into the emotions of Mary, the shepherds, and others involved in the anticipation and the joy of Jesus' birth. Our joy is not found in circumstances. No. Our joy is found in the fact that Jesus came to save us. Emmanuel has come. The king of the world is here. Now, the joy that we feel inside this world can never take from us. The world can take your happiness, but it cannot take the joy of the Lord. Because God gives us real and true joy. So good to be back with you this morning as we continue our sermon series, Behold, a Savior is Born. As you look through the biblical Christmas Narrative. Nearly all the characters in the story who were waiting on Jesus to be born were marked by joy. You would think that it would be frustrating and, and there'd be despair for hundreds of years of anticipation with no answer. Anybody still waiting on something with no answer yet? They had hundreds of years. You would think that they'd be frustrated and full of despair. However, Just knowing what the arrival of Jesus would mean for them and for others filled them with excitement. It filled them with joy. Now, the classic TV show, Charlie Brown's Christmas, right? Anybody like that one? By the way, we need an interpretation for their mom, right? She's always speaking in tongues. It's really weird. In the classic TV show, A Charlie Brown's Christmas, Charlie Brown was having trouble getting into the Christmas spirit because of his sad little Christmas tree and the commercialization of the season. 
So his friend Linus, see, this is what good friends do, by the way. His good friend Linus said, Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Unfortunately, some Christians seem to have the same problem as Charlie Brown. We should be celebrating what Jesus' life, death, and resurrection could mean in our lives rather than finding all the things that can be found in a season like this. We can find a reason to be downtrodden or gloomy, but we can also find the gift of God's presence with us in Jesus. Church, if you find Jesus and you keep Jesus, you will find joy and you will keep joy. Now, what's the definition of joy? This is what Webster says. Number one, it says this, the emotion evoked by well-being, success, good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Another definition it gives for joy is this, a source or a cause of delight. Proverbs 17, 22, at the beginning of this verse, it says a cheerful heart is good medicine. So I want to ask you, what during this Christmas season brings you joy or delight? Go ahead and shout it out. I want to say it in the mic. Family. What? Somebody say eggnog? No, nobody said eggnog. That was me. <laughs> what brings you joy? What brings you delight in this Christmas season? New grandbaby. Amen. That's right. Sugar him up. Send him out. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, you, know, you just keep drinking that pop, sweetheart. Your parents will be here in five minutes. Better finish it up. Come on now. Anybody got some joy or delight during this season? Evangelism. Amen. Christmas lights. Friendship. Carols. I ain't saying that one. Anyone else? Anybody else? No, snow's good. You know what I like about snow? I love when it snows, but it doesn't get on the streets and the sidewalks, right? You can, you can go to town all over the grass, but man, once it starts getting slippery and stuff and uh, it becomes a hot mess and then you're out there shoveling in, you know, zero degree weather, just, you know, you feel like God has left you, right? <laughs> Blessings. So you got to be more specific. What kind of blessings? That's what we're talking about. Joy. What brings you joy and delight? What kind of blessings do you see during this Christmas season? Come on now. Food. Oh. You know that was a man. Hallelujah. Giving gifts. Giving. What? Salvation. Amen. Anybody? What about over here? I'll stand here until somebody says something. Family. We already said family. I got to get another one. I like that though. What right now? What gives joy and delight? Friends. Thank you. Awesome. You better thank her. Y'all just stared at me. Anything else? Worship. Amen. The Grinch. I've been practicing the Grinch. My, my daughter loves the Grinch. So you remember that one part in the, um, in, in the, in the movie? He goes, is it smelly? Stinky? Harry. And she goes, no, warm. And he does this like creepy smile. And you, you like want to smile, but you also want to like throw holy water, right? 
Anyway, I've been practicing. Amen. Boxers and bags. Right? Jury duty, jury duty, jury duty. Right? I love that. Anyway, I love that movie. It's so good. Anyway, okay. Anyone else? One more. Christmas carols. Christmas cheese? Trees. Amen. I like cheese too, brother. Christmas trees. Amen. Praise God. Anybody like Christmas cheese as well? Anybody? You know this kind of cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Put a cracker in there. Put a cracker in there. So I don't feel bad. Hey, I'm moving on. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, this is good. It's, laughter is a medicine to our soul. Amen? It's a medicine. Hallelujah. Not jury dirty. Right? Anybody ever had jury duty? Right? Yeah. Some of y'all just want to run to like Canada or Mexico, but no, you got to do, do your duty. Hallelujah. Jury duty. Church, you know, with God, joy can be found in what will be and not just what is. So my wife and I got married at the ages of 20 and 22. We waited to get married so I could finish my four-year undergrad degree from Eugene Bible College. We could have got married a year before that. But I saw a lot of my friends get married before uh, they finished Bible College, right? Ring before spring or get your money back. We called it bridal college. Hallelujah. You're like, that's so weird. No, it's not. You just find somebody good-looking. Because they got the same call in their life, right? Find somebody in the, that's doing the same major and you've already like, hey, we already have the same goals, we have the same morals, we have the same everything, and you're good looking. Hallelujah. <laughs> Bridal college, ring before spring or get your money back. Okay, yeah. I went three years before I got that, so I could go, oh, I don't by the way, I, I worked two jobs to pay off my college. Anyway, you know what I'm saying, okay? Free money ain't free. Y'all gonna pay for it and so are your kids. All right, I ain't getting no political right this morning, but yeah. Man, it drives me crazy. Anyway, I worked two jobs, man. I, worked, I hated the other job I did. I hated it just to pay off my college. Hallelujah. Then you know what I did. I went back to college to get more debt. That was stupid. I don't know. <laughs> oh, anyway. So we got married at 20 and 22. I waited till I graduated from Eugene Bible College. And after we were married in August of 2004, our plan was to be married for two years to get our youth ministry going and, and, and everything in life get going and start having some kids. We thought we'd have maybe two, maybe three. Maybe four, see what God would do. Well, that was until the doctor told us after multiple years of trying that we are unable to have children on our own. Now, discouragement and heartbreak started to set in after two painful miscarriages. Then in vitro was an option that was placed in front of us. But something in my heart didn't settle right for that option for us. I began to pray and prophesy what God said in Genesis and the promise. See, when I was a, when I was a kid, 
God told me that I'd have children. I knew that I would have, I knew I'd be a dad, I knew I'd have children, and I knew that I'd love on people. I, I just knew it. I didn't know what that looked like, but I knew it. And I held on to those promises he gave me when I was younger, and he called us to be fruitful and to multiply. Yes. So after seven years of marriage, my wife and I, we were finishing up our training and our house pre- preparations for the Foster to Adopt program when we lived in Arkansas. One of the last steps was to go to the doctor to get some blood tests and a health physical to see if we were able to physically take care of these precious children in foster care. To our surprise, the blood test came back for my wife and it said that she was five weeks pregnant. Now we prayed and we actually held in our excitement at this time because we've seen this before. And we waited week after week after week until we got to around 12 weeks and passed multiple doctor appointments. And then our joy exploded. We had to tell the whole world what God has done. We were pregnant. And week after week, our baby was still healthy and our baby was still getting stronger. And the moment that Harris Hudson Holzapple V was born, Our joy was beyond anything I can explain. Our miracle child is here. Our God is so faithful. Amen. Amen. Then three and a half years later, a miracle daughter was born as well. Lindley Jo is a precious gift from God. Church with God, joy can be found in what will be and not just what is. So the Christmas count in the book of Luke gives us a little insight into some aspects of the story that the book of Matthew does not. We're told that a woman named Elizabeth who could not get pregnant because she was, do you remember? She was, yeah, she was barren. She was too old to bear a child. But now, she's pregnant. Elizabeth also happens to be the cousin of Mary, who's the mother of Jesus. So Elizabeth, like my wife and I, her joy overcame her pain. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth while the two are pregnant. It's during this interaction that we see joy in a very unique way. So we're going to open up to Luke chapter 1, Matthew, Mark, Luke, third book in the New Testament, chapter 1. That's the big number on top. There's little numbers that are the verses. The Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses, but they put that there so you can turn to your Bible and find exactly where we're at. Luke chapter 1, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that's the Gospels. If you go about three-fourths the way in your Bible, you're probably going to hit one of the Gospels. I'm going to start in verse one and ver- or, sorry, chapter 1, verse 39. And this is what the Word of God says in the NLT version. It says, A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. 
At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Park there for a second. Come on, Pentecostals. We love that. You didn't have to come to a service. You didn't have to have the music stir up something in you. Let's keep reading in verse 42. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. That's good. As Mary arrives in Elizabeth's home, the baby inside of Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy, and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Ghost. Remember, the Holy Spirit hasn't fallen on earth yet in the upper room of the 120. That's pretty awesome. Now, this text tells us the reason for Elizabeth and her baby's joyful response. It is that Mary is carrying the Lord Jesus inside of her womb. Just the presence of baby Jesus in the womb had a powerful effect on everyone that was present in that room. All the faith in the room. What kind of miracle can God do? Elizabeth and baby John the Baptist, which is Jesus' second cousin, experienced God in a new way that day. Church, we see throughout the Gospels, time and time and time and time again, incredible encounters that took place when people came close to Jesus. When God's presence was known, the blind would see, the deaf could hear, the lame could walk, the woman with the issue of blood was healed, demons would flee, sins are forgiven, people would be delivered and set free, and people were loved and transformed forever in just a moment's time. God was with them, and they experienced joy unspeakable. So in this text, Elizabeth praises Mary for her belief in God and her willingness to submit to the plan of God. Hmm. Some of y'all feel lost this morning because you haven't submitted to his plan. Probably because you don't trust him that much yet. Submit to his plan. See, Elizabeth praises Mary for her belief in God that her, she had a willingness to submit to the plan of God that would birth Jesus, the Savior, into the world through her womb. So when I read this text, I wondered to myself, what is it that Elizabeth and her baby is so excited about? The Lord, Elizabeth is talking about, is still an unborn baby. He hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't healed anyone. He hasn't delivered anyone. He hasn't even preached anything. He hasn't forgiven anyone of their sins. And he didn't take any stripes yet for anybody's healing. 
Interesting note that God put on my heart this week is this. The Bible puts a massive value on an unborn baby in this scripture. The Bible affirms that a fetus is not just a clump of cells. And in this exact case, church, this unborn baby is the savior of the world. He is not the savior of the world after birth. That's, a, that's, that's amazing. Let's go back to the story. Church, perhaps we can learn something here from Elizabeth. What if we can experience joy in our lives today? Not because of how things are now, but because of what could be in the future with the intervention of God. What if God intervenes? Think about that thing you're going through right now. Whatever you're facing right now, what if God intervenes? What if God intervenes? What could happen to what is on your heart right now? On your mind, in your body? What if God intervenes? What could happen? Elizabeth and her child are rejoicing in what was going to result from Jesus' long-anticipated birth. We've waited hundreds of years. We've waited Tons of prophecies. We've heard about this since we were a child. And our father and our grandfather and our great-grandfather and our great-great-great-great-great-grandfather has heard the same stories and finally he is here. Notice what Elizabeth says to Mary in verse 45. She says this, you are blessed because, you are blessed because. Why are you blessed? Because. She says, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary is blessed because she trusted. Mary is blessed because she had faith and believed in something that had not yet come to pass. Sometimes just anticipating God showing up can be enough to lift our spirits and change our lives forever. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us this. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Church, I have never seen Jesus physically in my life. But I have hoped to believe that his word is true. In that, I have seen his word come to pass in my own life. And church, that gives me joy. It gives me joy. Last week in the book of Isaiah, we read in chapter 53 that this miracle baby will one day grow up and die for us. And he'll be whipped, he'll be beaten for our healing. Isaiah 53, five says this, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Jesus, it was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. What if, 
we can experience joy in our lives today. Not because of how things are right now, but because of what could be in the future with an intervention from God. Don't miscarry the promises that God wants to birth out of you by the lack of faith that is in you. Don't miscarry the promise God wants to birth out of you with the lack of faith that is in you. Church, this morning I'm reminded again what faith really is. Anybody want to know what faith is? Back row, you want to know what faith is? Come on, back row. Ain't nobody say nothing, so okay. Second to back row, what do you think? You want to know what faith is? Third, third, I ain't, I ain't heard nothing yet. Third from back row, you want to know what faith is? Okay, what's up? Turn, turn behind you and say, do you guys want to know what faith is? This is not a library. We don't mind if there's a little interaction here and there, respectful interaction. I'm reminded again this morning of what faith really is. See, faith is not believing in something that has already happened. That's called gratitude. That's called blessings. That's called thankfulness. Faith is placing hope in God for something that has not happened yet. With God, joy can be found in what will be and not just what is. What in your life needs an intervention from God? I want to read you some verses I would put upon my heart this week and confirmed again this morning. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. It says, any of you suffering hardships? It's a question. You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Verse 14. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. And the Lord will will play, make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. This is half my sermon, but I wrote in this spot, the Holy Spirit's got to do what he wants to do. So, this is what God spoke to me this week. We have five elders on our church board. And one just dropped out because she had a diagnosis of cancer. And God said this morning, we're going to call forth the elders to even bless the elder and anyone else who is dealing with cancer this morning. So will those four elders, if you are here, will you come forth real quick? I believe the word of God is true. 
I've seen it in my life. I believe it. I've dedicated my life to preach it. And we're going to anoint Miss Bonnie in just a moment here. They said that she has pancreatic cancer. Okay? That's what I said. That's what I said. That's what I said. So they say that she has pancreatic cancer, but, but the truth is that Jesus took the stripes and we pray for healing, right? All I asked her this morning was, are you coming to church? <laughs> I'm going to try to make it. She made it. But this is not just for Miss Bonnie because Miss Bonnie was the one that was most in my heart. And God says, with all the faith in the room, can he not do a bunch of miracles? So I want anybody who is dealing with cancer right now to come up here. We're going to take a break from the word and we're going to, we're going to activate the word and belief. If you are dealing with cancer, I want you to come up right now. Right now. Come up. Come up. If you have cancer in your body. Eldon. Her husband also has the same cancer as Miss Bonnie. The devil wants to take them out. You guys anoint your fingers. Okay, so this is anointing oil. It doesn't, it's nothing special. It's a representation of the Holy Spirit. That's, what, that's why we do this. You wonder about it. It's not like it's turned into something or it's manifesting. This is a representation of the Holy Spirit and the Bible tells us to anoint them and to pray for them and to lay hands on them. And that's what we're supposed to do. Is there anyone else dealing with cancer or maybe you might have cancer, the doctors are thinking, and we're gonna pray for that. Anybody have that right now, come up. God, I, I believe right now God has, um, he has miracle working powers. He is the God of the impossible. And, and nothing is impossible to those who believe. Anybody who's dealing with that right now, God's going to do a work. Church, and you've got to have a spirit. Sure, you could stand in for your son. That's fine. I wish he was here. Hallelujah. Anyone else? I don't want to move from this. Church, you do me a favor. Will you stand and extend your hands? At home, stand and extend your hands. Believe for a miracle right now. If, you, if you're sick in your body, will you come up here? Michael, will you come behind them, please? Prayer lead. Right now. All right, elders. Lay hands on them. Place. Ooh, anointing. I'm going to pray. Right now. I'm going to pray for healing touch right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm just going to anoint you. We're going to do what the word says. Okay. Hey, will you guys come over here? Come, come closer to the middle here so everybody can see what God's going to do. Okay. Right? I, I just, I want to say this. I don't always understand why some people healed and why they're not. But the Bible doesn't say we have to understand that. It never says that we're supposed to understand that or tell, tell everybody, you know, uh, that, that they're going to be healed and not going to be healed. This is what the Bible says. It says, believe, pray, and expect. So right now, I, I don't know who's going to be healed. I don't know that answer, but I do know what the Bible says to do. So when the Bible says to do this, I'm expecting a complete healing. Body, spirit, soul, and whatever. Whatever happens, I'm believing that. 
Because the Bible tells me to believe that. It's not in my power, but it is through my faith and my belief what God has done and what he wants to do this morning. Amen? Amen? Amen. He wants to heal your body. He wants to set you free, never to deal with it again. Death will not have you. (laughs) Cancer will not take over your body. We proclaim it and we prophesy it. We believe it. God's going to do a miracle. With all the faith in the room, let's see what God will do. Amen? Extend your hands, church, right now. By the power of Jesus, by the stripes of our Savior, right now we claim a healing touch from the top of their head to the soles of their feet right now. We pray for a touch, a supernatural touch. God, I don't know how it all works. But I know that you are a working miracle, God. And right now, touch, heal. Right now, we pray against sickness and disease. Cancer, be cursed. Right now, reverse all the cells that are, that are going in the wrong direction. Turn them around right now. You are the great physician. And we ask that you supernaturally touch each and every one. God, we give you a promise this morning. If you will heal their bodies. They will tell the world of what you have done. They will testify. They will give you the glory. They will give you the praise. They will testify what God has done. And we thank you for that right now. We speak against any unbelief in the name of Jesus. I thank you for modern medicine. I thank you for doctors. I thank you for technicians. I thank you for all the stuff that you've given us. Thank you for wisdom. But God, we look to you first as the healer. Mm. Touch him now, God, in a supernatural way. No matter what happens, we will give you praise, God. No matter what happens, we will give you praise. But God, I'm telling you, they want to dance on these streets before they get to the streets of gold. Heal their bodies by the blood and by the stripes of Jesus right now. We love you and we trust you. And we believe your word is truth. Amen. 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 We love you. Amen. Not right now. Yeah, maybe later. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, church. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I want to continue with what God is doing this morning. I believe it. I believe it. I wish the news would tell us more about miracles that are happening. Imagine the faith, the faith that would stir up, right? I get there's wars and rumors of wars. I get it. It's true. There's terrible things happening. We got corrupt leaders. The world's full of sin. The devil's a liar. And one day, it's going to be a hot mess in this world, and the enemy will take over before Jesus comes back. It's been prophesied. That's what's going to happen. But man, I wish every once in a while we could get some some testimonies of miracles that are on the news, right? And uh, I wish we could read uh, things that are happening in people's lives on, on social media so we can stir the faith of God's people. And uh, you know what? I, I pray that it starts here. I pray it starts here with those people that it's got prayed for. 
I know God wants to put a testimony upon our lips of what he's done. I know he does. I know he does. One of the most beautiful things you can say out of your mouth is giving glory back to him, right? Hallelujah. I know some of y'all have testimonies in here, and I see you. And I know God's doing great things. But we got to tell the world. You know, I think we've made um, our faith kind of like a separate thing from our normal life, right? You know, like you go to work, you do those things, you go to the store, you act a certain way, uh, you know, you eat Chinese food or pizza and you got weird dreams, stuff like that, you know, this normal... <laughs> like, like we've, it's almost like we've separated our faith from our normal day, but you know the best way to preach the gospel is never make... God, a weird thing in your life, right? Never make it awkward, right? When you go out to eat, just talk about God. If, if it's part of your normal conversation, right? Talk about movies, talk about your friends, talk about church, talk about faith, talk about the things you're going through, talk about how God's gonna help you through it. Just be a normal conversation. It doesn't matter even if that other person's talking to you, they have no clue what you're talking about. Just act like it's normal, right? Just make it normal. We make it so weird and we wonder, oh man, it's really hard to share my faith. No, it's, you just have made it something different. You haven't made it normal. Make your faith normal, right? Just talk to people normal. I mean, I have conversations. People look at me like, what is that guy talking about? But it's just my normal conversation. But next time that they want to know or they get some sort of inkling of, of, of kind of what that is, then they're going to start talking uh, to me about it. Be like, I remember when you mentioned something like that, right? Sometimes we have, it's just, just make it normal, right? Make Make praying, make talking about the Lord normal. You are not of this world anymore. You live in this world. Your life needs to be a testimony of what God wants to do in this world. You've got to preach the gospel in this world, but you're not of this world anymore. Where we are going is somewhere greater. Our treasures aren't found here. They're found there. So let's talk about the treasures that await us. Here now, amen? People need the faith and the joy and the hope that you have. Don't make it weird. Make it normal, okay? Amen? Amen. I love just like randomly praying at different places. People will tell me, hey, pastor. Uh, you know, sometimes people come up to me and say, hey, pastor. I'm like, I don't know who you are, but hey, right? Um, <laughs> Because we got a lot of in and out people. We got a lot of guests come in and out, which is wonderful. This is wonderful. Uh, healthy things grow, by the way, right? If you're wondering, like, why does this keep growing? I'm, I'm uncomfortable. This is not the way it was. Why do you want it to die? Because you're not comfortable. Everyone else shouldn't come. It doesn't make any sense. Quit being selfish. You're being very, very selfish. Yeah. Get on your knees, ask God, and say, healthy things grow, okay? So uh, people come up, and they're like, hey, Pastor, you know, I'm so-and-so going through this. Here's something just easy to do. If you have the time, right, unless you're like in a super hurry or you're going to miss something, right, if somebody comes up to you and talks to you about something they're going through, you say, hey, let's pray right now. Yeah. Number one, you're probably going to forget anyway, and you're going to say, I'm going to pray for you, and you'll probably forget before you go to bed, so don't be a liar, okay? <laughs> so just say, hey, let's pray right now. Number two, wherever you pray, just make it normal, right? Just right in the middle of the aisle, right, right wherever you're at, unless you're driving, then don't, clo don't close your eyes, right? Yeah. 
drive by faith, not by sight. No, that's not what the word says. <laughs> some of y'all, some of y'all need new glasses. You drive with Braille. Right? Bad. Yeah. We know who you are. We want you to leave first. Hallelujah. Yeah. Or very last. Either one. You're going to have a wide open in the parking lot. Uh, just make it normal. Hey, so-and-so, I'm going through this. Hey, let's pray right now. You don't got to make it some, oh, you know, don't be a Pharisee and just like rip your clothes and throw ashes on yourself and say, hallelujah, I need God to intervene in this place, right? It's like, okay, get over yourself, right? No, just pray right there. Pray a simple prayer of faith. Walk on. Then when you think about him again, reach out. How you doing? I remember that we prayed. How you doing? Make it normal, church. All right, let's keep preaching. Hallelujah. That's good. It's hot up in here. It's hot in here. Woo. It's hot in here. Hey, maybe you're still waiting. What's that? It's a clown. <laughs> you take your unicycle and you get out of here. Hallelujah. I think I've lost it. I lost it. I need a drink. I need a drink of water. I need a drink of water. Thanks, babe. Hallelujah. I thought we cast out demonic things. I don't know. Amen. Whoever has that ringtone and loves it, I'm sorry. You'll definitely hear it, and so does everybody else. Oh, it was good having him here at First Open Bible as I keep talking about it. Oh, they'll be missed. Anyway, just joking. All right. Here's the truth. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what you're still waiting on. I don't know. Maybe you're still anticipating an answer to prayer, but I want to remind you of this. God's not done yet. Not. Not done yet. That should give you joy this morning. He's not done yet. He's not done yet. You got breath in your lungs, he ain't done yet. You can still say something out of your mouth, he's not done yet. He's not done yet. The Bible tells us that all things are possible to those who believe. What do you believe? Sometimes you believe in your doubts more than you believe in your faith, and you got to believe in your faith. You don't always have to understand what is taking place. You don't always have to understand why you're walking through what you're walking through. But what you do need to understand is God has not left you, and he wants to see you through it. He does. He's not done yet, so don't you be done yet. So just like Jesus' presence in Mary, when she is near Elizabeth and her baby, that time brought forth joy and the power of the Holy Spirit, and the same can happen for you. Amen. Let God intervene. Invite him to intervene. Where is God? Where is God? Where is God? He is right there. Amen. Invite him in. Say, here is God. Here is God. Here is God. I need you. God to do something in my life. And then believe that he will. 
We find the joy of the Lord all over Scripture. God is eager to share the joy of Christ's birth even before it was time for him to arrive. Another set of important characters in the story of Christmas is the shepherds. Shepherds were a class of people that, well, they were not very highly thought of in the first century Jewish culture. They lived down in fields, and they were smelly, smelly, stinky, (laughs) maybe even hairy. (laughs) Church, pray for my wife. Father, give her patience. Give her patience and endurance. We have been praying for. You have been praying for. Don't you stop, Eric. Don't you stop. Hallelujah. Well, this is what shepherds are like. They lived out in the fields day after day, and they watched sheep. They, they were smelly. They were dirty. They were typically uneducated. And they were known to be untrustworthy. You ever heard of sheep stealers? They ain't just churchgoers or pastors. That's where this started. It's interesting to me that the message of Jesus' birth comes to them first. Right? But it does. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 15 tells us this. The night... That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. That's what they did. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Verse 12, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, laying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by the vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, stop right there. There's an angel, now there's a ton of angels. Not only a ton of angels, but they were warrior angels. Angels, Armies of heaven right there with the shepherds doing their normal stuff, intervening in their life, walking through normal things. God shows up and he says, don't be terrified, don't be scared. Here I am and this is what happens. This is what all of them start saying or singing or whatever they are doing, but they're proclaiming, prophesying. I don't know. They're there and they're speaking. And this is what they say in verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. I'm going to stop there for a second. The worst of the worst, the dirtiest of the dirty, the, the most just lowest people in the world. God is well pleased. He finds them in their mess, and he says, I am well pleased. Wow. Think of that next time you drive by somebody who's homeless or somebody that you judged before. God is the God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven... 
And the shepherds changed their pants. No, that's my version. <laughs> like, dude, that was weird, right? That was crazy. You see that? Yeah, I saw it. It just like, blew up the whole thing, man. That was insane, right? When the angels had returned to heaven, right? First off, like, whoa, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The dumbest of the dumb know they got to get running. (laughs) Something has happened, and I need to know about it. In the middle of the night, outside of Bethlehem, the angel appears to the shepherds. The Bible says it was marked by this great light. When the shepherds saw this, they were terrified. Because this was not a normal day occurrence for a shepherd. Sometimes God intervening in your life, it will not be like a normal day. Praise God. He will mess up your normal day. The angel brings a message for them that is good news. Now, here's the reason why it's good news, church. This is the reason why this is good news. Because it brings great joy to all people. All people. What makes this message, the angels give such this great news, was found in verse 11. It says this, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now, they're given a reason to rejoice and spread the word because the Savior has come to earth. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is baby Jesus. He is the Lord who has come to us. Now, there is joy of the Lord in the birth of the Savior because They needed, those shepherds needed, and you and I need to be saved from our sin and our brokenness. There's joy because Jesus is the Messiah who is the Lord. He's the one who will lead us with love. This is great news, and the Bible says it's for all people, everybody. Unless you're 100% Jewish this morning, praise God for his word. You're a Gentile. You're a Gentile. And if you're a mixed faith or a mixed um, uh, background, which America is, praise God. I lo- that's what I love about America. I love all the different mixes of people. I love it. it is, I love it. You know why I love it? Right? Like, like, I'm Caucasian, but I'm not like just from one place. I got all over Europe my family's from. I can't even tell you all the things that I am. There's a just big, big old mix. This is what I love about America. And this is what I love about a church that doesn't look the same. Is it looks like heaven. Ain't no separation, segregation in heaven. And there shouldn't be here on earth. Right? I love it. And why is that? Because of what we read right there and what um, the... The shepherds were running to is the good news of Jesus. It is not just for the Jews. It's not just for people who look like this or act like this. It's for all people. The poor, the rich, the educated, the uneducated. The ones that have weird looking ears and and everybody, right? Now you're thinking of your neighbor. Don't you think of your neighbor. (laughs) Hallelujah. God gave him those ears. 
Don't you be mad they can hear better than you. Hallelujah. I'm playing. Now I'm out of my sermon and I'm in me. I'm coming back. Church, listen to this. Jesus is not the savior of some. He's not the king of most. No, he is the Lord of all. Jesus gave his life to rescue all people. The Bible says that not one shall perish. And this is good news for us today. This is why we can live with joy and share the good news with others. Baby Jesus was born, and that one fact changes everything. Hallelujah. I think I'm going to hold on to this stuff for next week. This is so good. I want to be just led by the Lord and finishing this. I'm going to mark this. Hallelujah. Come back if you want to hear what God wants to say. Here's how I want to end it, though. I want to end it with a challenge, and I want to end it with some scripture. Worship team, will you please come? First off, with God. Joy can be found in what will be and not in just what is. Did you hear me? If there's anything I want you to hear this morning, I want you to hear that. Joy can be found in not what just is right now, but what God wants to do next. Joy can be found in what will be and not just what is. This Christmas, I want to challenge you to make a conscious effort to choose joy. Choose it. For we should be people, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you should be marked by joy. Right? Now, I love dill pickles. I love dill pickles. I love dill pickles. They're so good. But God don't always like dill pickles. He wants some sweet pickles, (laughs) if you know what I'm saying. Some of y'all just so sour all the time. Nobody even knows that you're a Christian. Your attitude is horrible. You just walk around like a dill pickle. I don't know why that makes sense to me. But y'all see it right now. You're going you're gonna to your, get in your refrigerator and you're going to look at it and be like, I can't be like that. I can eat those, but I can't be like that. I think sweet, sweet pickles are nasty, but dill pickles are good. But when it comes to Jesus, you be a sweet pickle. <laughs> Amen? Maybe I'm hungry. I think that's what it is. I'm hungry. My soul and spirit took, just stepped aside and let my stomach talk. Okay. But we got to be people marked by joy. We got to be people marked by his joy. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what you're dealing with. But his joy should be your strength. It's got to be your strength. And I don't always have to know what's going on right now. I don't even have to have that manifest in my life right now. I got to have his joy as I walk through it. Happiness might not be there. The circumstances will take it. The world can take it. My problems can take it. Cancer can try to take it. But I got the joy of the Lord. I got the joy, Lord. Nothing can shake that. Because that gift was given to me from God Almighty. The only way to get rid of the joy of the Lord is you give that gift back. 
try to return it. We have to be people marked by joy because God's grace and mercy that has been given to us gives us joy. Church, here's my challenge. Spread Christmas cheer. Be joyful as you bring hope into the world. God is more than able. We cannot deny what he can do. When we believe in what he can do, God's joy will spread throughout the land through us. Behold, Emmanuel, God's greatest gift. The Savior has come. A Redeemer is born. The joy of the world is here. We will never be the same again. Church, will you stand as I read this scripture to you? 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9 says this. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that we have kept in heaven, that God has kept in heaven for us. Pure and undefiled. Beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Let's keep reading verse 6. So, be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you may endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests pure gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor. And on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world, Verse 8, you love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls.